Welcome to Sober Holic, a podcast about Christian recovery, where each week we explore topics that can free you from bondage and strengthen your relationship with God, others, and yourself. Now, your show hosts, Roger and Jason. Welcome to Soberholic. We are not in studio. I know. I feel weird not having a library book around me. I know. Yeah, we, we decided to do something a little different. Because you're on vacation. I'm on staycation. Yeah, staycation, vacation, whatever yeah. it is. Yeah. And so you have the opportunity to get out of the office, and yeah. we're, now we're in my driveway. Where you're in your driveway. <laughs> we do weird things sometimes. Yeah, we look for all kinds of cool places to go to, and I was like, why go anywhere? Let's just do it right here. Yeah. And we've got the beautiful fall foliage. Yeah, in the top of a, a tin roof across the street. Tin roof across yeah. the street. Yeah, yeah I, I'm liking it. So um, I noticed we're dressed completely different. Like, you got a vest on, man. It's not really that cold out here. Yeah, it's it's medium. I'll probably shed it before this is over. It's right at that temperature where it's, it's I'm probably about to take it off. Yeah. Because you're in the sun and I'm not. Yeah, like, I'm in the sun. Right now you've got a little a little glow on your forehead there from the sun. Yeah. Well, the the weather's so nice. I just want to sit here and, and drink coffee. <laughs> we have no <laughs> do we, coffee. Do we have? Do we have to? Do we have to, have to do a show? Actually, I guess we should talk about something. Yeah, might as well. That's yeah. what everybody's listening to. And right. Probably not talk about the weather. Um, no. Although we probably get it just as good as any of the weatherman get it. That's true. Yeah. Only only a weatherman could get paid that kind of money to be right half the time. Yeah. Well, I mean, th- th- <laughs> it is a educated guess. I know. Uh, yeah. So we're going to be talking about this this morning. We're going to be talking about uh, community and what it means in recovery and what it means for the Christian too. Um, you know, if you read the twelve steps, there's there's a lot of we's in there. And I didn't even know this until, I mean, I knew this, but I didn't know that it was, there was so much of it in there almost in every step. Is it in every step? Yeah. I mean, Nikki um, Beatty, oh, I, I always want to call her Nikki Nance, but it's Nikki Beatty now. She got married a little while ago and she was teaching our, our CR group not too long ago. And she made these, these points and I, I we, like, I go to a CR meeting a lot and, and well, every week and, and I read these every week and I have for 15 years. Right? right. And I've never really noticed how much it says we, and I do believe that the CR 12 steps are a little different in the wording than the AA ones. Yeah. Not tremendously, but like here, here Here's just the point you're making. Step one, we admitted. Step two, we came to believe. Three, we made a decision. Four, we made a searching and um, fearless moral inventory. And five, we admitted to God. Six, we were entirely ready. We humbly asked him. We made a list of all persons, and we made direct amends. And it goes on to say we continue to take personal inventory. We sought through prayer and meditation and then at the at the very end, it says, you know, having had a spiritual experience as a result of these steps, we, we tried to carry. We. Yeah. So we is the common denominator there. That's a lot of we's. It, it kind of French, isn't it? We, yeah, we. We. Yeah. So was that every step? That was every step. I, every I, I didn't read the whole step. I well, I know. Step. I'm saying, but there is we in every single step. Every one of them. Yeah. Wow. So to me, that tells me what I get out of that is... The program of recovery, and and I definitely believe, you know, in Christianity as a whole, it's meant to be practiced together. Mm-hmm. It's not meant to be done alone. Um, 
when I was um, the several failed attempts at sobriety that I had um, early on, you know, that's what I tried to do. I I tried to do it by myself. I, I thought I was I thought I was smart enough to figure it out, and I thought if I could just you know there there was there was some way that I could come up with in my mind that would allow me if I got it right it was like a formula or like a recipe you know if I just got this and this and this right well then I would stay sober and I wouldn't have to you know go to meetings or do any of that stuff because I was very anti meetings anti going to church and all that stuff during this time of my life and I really had convinced myself that there is there is a way I can figure it out on my own without needing anybody else's help um, because I think, you know, a lot of that was just pride. Right. I didn't want anybody's help. And I think especially as men, we definitely don't want anybody's help. You know, the whole just pull yourself up by your bootstraps, be a man, quit, you know. Um, I, I got that one a few times. If you were a man, you'd quit. You right. know, you'd just quit. And I'm like, well, I guess I'm not a man then. Right. <laughs> and, and even, you know, I've been giving a guy a hard time <laughs> in our CR group, you know, like in a, not in like, trying to make him fail but just help, helping him to see the truth of this he keeps making the comment that uh, i know what to do now well th- those are scary words in my opinion because those are the words i had a lot of times that ran me back out to a, a relapse is i just i wanted to come in long enough to get what i needed and leave and that kind of defeats the community that you're talking about i need people in my life you know uh, we talk about it being a selfish program you know, um, and uh, in a lot of ways, that's true because it's about what I'm doing in my recovery. But ultimately, I've got to be around other people who are pouring into me and, and teaching me. Even at 15 years at doing this thing, I don't claim to know it all. Uh, right. I, I, I was actually talking to a guy who's sponsoring me now through text this morning, and he and I asked him to be my sponsor because I wanted to be more like him. I mean, yeah. bottom line. And he just has traits and characteristics about him that, that I, I value and I, and I want to see more in my life. And he had asked me to kind of be his accountability partner in the gym. So I had taken a picture, like a selfie out of the mirror, saying, <laughs> I'm getting mine. Are you getting yours or yeah. something like that? And he said, come on, man, inspire. And I'm like, you know, that what I said was not expiring. I just really tried to shame you into this. Yeah. And, um, and so it's the things that he said that he implied without saying that makes him who he is because that's the type of guy he is. He inspires rather than shames people into things. Mm. And I'm like, you know, that's, that's what I want. I didn't know that's what I wanted, but those are one of the things that you do that I want to be like. And so without having those people in my life, that community surrounded that surrounds me, I would quit learning those type things. Right. And I mean, so I think in, in community, there's wisdom, you know, when you, um, it's almost like, like a hive mind, you know, is, is, is smarter than just one person. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a, there's a Facebook group I'm in, uh, where it's just a bunch of worship leaders. Um, there's like three, 4,000 of them across the country or whatever. And it is so cool. Like somebody will post a question in there. Like they'll have no idea. You know, they're like, I want to do this type of service and I've never done one before. And then there'll be 50 comments. 
and there'll be people saying, oh, I've done that three or four times. You know, here's what didn't work. Here's what worked. I would, I would lean away from this and I would try this instead. And you got 50 comments like that. And it's really neat being a part of that, you know, um, because there's so much wisdom in, in that community, you know, because there, there's people that have been there and done that before that can help guide you. And I think the same is, is true in recovery. You know, that's the whole, you know, thought behind sponsorship is, you know, the sponsor is not a, a, a spiritual guru or anything like that to be held up on a pedestal. Sponsor is just somebody who's who's been who's traveled down that road is further down the road than you are, and is just going to show you how to work the steps. Right. You know. Well, one thing that I've seen um, that's probably quoted the most of anything else that I know in recovery, and it really doesn't matter what recovery you're in, and just recovery in general. If um, that you need to change your playmates in your playgrounds, mm-hmm. and if I'm going to change my playmates, the people I hang around with then I need to change my community that I'm in. For me, being around all the people that I used to do drugs with was a bad community. Um, they, they themselves probably wasn't bad people. I mean, I wasn't a bad person because I did drugs, but I made bad decisions. Right. And so I need to re- remove myself from the people who continue to make bad decisions in their life and reassociate with some people who are making better decisions because I'm not saying good decisions because I don't always make good decisions, but I make better decisions today than I did a few years ago. Yeah. Because that was a community of people that we were, that we had in, in our active addiction. It was, we still had community. It was just not a good community. So you need a good, healthy uh, community in recovery, not just whoever. And, and that can be so hard for people. I know it, it was, it was, pretty hard for me although towards the end of my active addiction i was just i was really just by myself um but for a long time you know trying to change my 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 playmates and playgrounds was very difficult and a lot of you know i've seen a lot of people that that stumble with that and um you know they're they get sober and their buddy is getting married and their buddy's like come on on this bachelor party with me or whatever and you know, they're some, they're somebody who struggles with drinking. Well, you you know, you probably shouldn't go on the bachelor party where there's going to be alcohol around, and but they'll go and they'll think they'll be okay, and then they end up relapsing. It's 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 really difficult to navigate that and to to change all that, especially all at one time. Yeah, in my book um, that, that I wrote, Soberholic, a little plug there, I guess, but. And I didn't come up with this, but, you know, um, I write in there that we're the sum of the five people we hang out with. Mm. And, um, I, you know, I've heard that for years and never took a hold of that. But now if I look at it, I can look at my five closest friends. We can call them accountability partners. We can call them friends. We can call them whatever. But the five closest people into my life, that's who I'm going to become. And so if I want to create a community around me, I want those people around me who are bringing me up, not down. And the people I used to hang out with would bring me down. And I'm not blaming them for any of that. I I was one of the ones bringing other people down. But today I try to motivate people to help them be better. And I don't always do that good. But bottom line is this, is that I need people that are pouring into me today. And I'm finding that wisdom like you talked about 
from other people. And not all advice I get from the community I'm a part of is good advice. Uh, there are times that I'm giving stuff that probably I should not follow. <laughs> <laughs> you know, But uh, the Holy Spirit gives me discernment today to where sure. I can make some, some wise decisions. But also I can use um, what little bit of wisdom I've gained through the years to see if I'm looking for the answer I want or maybe the answer that I need. Because those are two different things for me. It's yeah. easy to go around and keep asking the people that, that I trust until I get the answer I want. You know, it, it's ultimately I got to be willing to take some good advice from the people that I trust. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I totally agree that you should surround yourself with people that are that inspire you. Right. You know, that are inspiring and not draining you. Now, you know, you, you need to balance that with you should, like, if you're trying to help somebody, you shouldn't be like, well, you know, I'm trying to help them, but they're kind of negative. So I'm going to just, I'm going to nix them out of my life. You know, <laughs> welcome to every sponsor in the world, <laughs> right? <yeah. laughs> be included. Right. <laughs> so, you know, you gotta, you gotta balance that, but you definitely need people, you know, who are going to be encouragers, lifting you up and, and inspiring you and, and giving you energy and not just, not just surround yourself with people who are just draining you constantly, you know? Because that's, you know, that's never going to be good. One thing I do whenever I've had kind of crossroads, um, especially this time since I've been sober, like, um, you know, the decision to move, you know, back home or whatever mm-hmm. from New Orleans, you know, it was a big decision. And I had several uh, people in my life that I trusted. And uh, I went to them and I asked them what they thought and I got their, I got their, uh, godly wisdom, you know, their godly counsel in that. And that's, that's kind of the way I typically operate with, with most big decisions. I'll, I'll, I'll run it by, you know, um, people other than the committee inside my head because that committee will, will just do whatever it wants. And it's not always, always the best decision. So I definitely believe there's there's a ton of wisdom in community. I also believe there's a lot of grace in community right. too, because um, there's a lot of times where, like, you know, something something will happen or whatever, and I'll I'll think something about a person, and I'll be like, man, you know, why do they act like that? Mm-hmm. But then, when the community has found out whether it's your church community or whether it's your recovery community or, or whatever, I've seen this in, in both sides, you know, I'll see other people kind of, kind of extending grace and I'll be like, Oh, I'm yeah, I should be like that. You know, I should be showing grace. Like they, I should have that grace too. And, uh, especially in the recovery community, when somebody, you know, relapses and they, they, they go out. Um, and then when they come back in, seeing that, um, you know, is a beautiful thing seeing them accepted back in. Yeah, because I, I know, man, I've had I couldn't tell you how many times this has happened, but I've had a sponsor or whatever that would not really take suggestions, and like I'm going, you're going to relapse if you don't do something different, and then they relapse, and yeah. I don't ever go, told you so. Yeah, you right. know, it's like you know, well, let, let's pick up from here and let's move forward, and hopefully then they're more teachable. Yeah, because you know, that's what it took for me. But another, you know, community, when you look at there's so many different facets of oh, that. Oh, man, yeah. But um, as you look at, say, you know, we talked a lot about groups, you know, maybe recovery groups. We've talked about, like, church. But even if you were go, to go to a, a recovery group every day or even if you go to a church group every day, 
I personally don't believe that's enough to really connect as a community. I think that it takes more than that. Just showing up is not being part of a community. Now, some of the ways that I can remember early on really getting that um, was the after meetings. Yes, you know, the meeting like, after the meeting. Yeah. You know, so, like, we would meet up and we would go out to Waffle House mm-hmm. or um, we would go out bowling and we would do those things. And I got to really get to know people on a more personal level. And that's how I developed some, some lasting friendships. I mean, those are the friendships that sustain even to the, today. Yeah, I mean, and that's what that's where it, it really starts feeling like a family. Right. Like, I, I've had different groups at different times, you know. Um, I mean, every group's different. Uh, my home group in, in New Orleans, it really felt like a family. I mean, I invited them all to my wedding. We went out to eat after every meeting. Um, we, we hung out with each other, and it, and it was a close-knit you know, just great group of friends. And I knew them, you know, we, we got to know each other. We spent time with each other. You know, you're not going to develop that sense of community if you see them for 30 minutes once a week. Yeah, just listen to share one time as you go around the group. Huh? Right. And, um, you know, we, we had a, a really cool experience recently with our, with our, uh, recovery group at Celebrate Recovery. We went on a little retreat and man, I, I feel so much more connected to everybody that was there since we did that. Right. But it took time and it took effort. You know, you have to be intentional to to develop that community around you. It's not just going to automatically happen. Yeah, the first thing I thought when I went to a recovery group, and I've done this at churches that I visited, is I would kind of walk out and I kind of look at the situation and watch people. I've just always done that, maybe because I was looking to steal their wallet. I don't know. But um, I did not do this in church. (laughs) But I would go in, and I would just watch people. And I would go, well, there's a click, and there's a click. And everybody's Mm -hmm. got their little clicks because they they had already – began to develop some community it right. wasn't that they were clickish they just had friendships yeah, and that's who natural. they naturally gravitate towards and i'm like well they don't care nothing about me they don't they don't want to spend time with me and i would isolate from them what i finally had to do was be vulnerable enough to kind of walk in those conversations and not know how they were going to go until when i began letting some of those walls down people would come into my life and they would let me into their life and that's where community began for me. It wasn't like I just walked in and I was, I was accepted, but internally for me, I wasn't yet. It took me opening myself up to let some people into my life. And that was different for me. Even in going into church, being sober, it was the same way. I had to get involved in some things and do some things. Mm-hmm. The last church I went to uh, before I'm at the church I'm at now, We'd gotten in, involved, uh, or we, we started going, and I didn't really know anybody by their name or any of that stuff, and they announced that they were going to have a work day. I was like, I'll go to the work day. I knew how important community was, and I figured that would be kind of a way to, to have some conversation, like you're talking about with a retreat that we did. Yeah. And so I went in um, to this work day, and I, I, we were putting in an electrical line. We had to dig a, a trench through just fun stuff. Huh? Oh, it was it was bad. It was hard <laughs> work, right? But it was so good because I got to meet another guy, and his name was Jack, and he was a deacon at the church, and we became really good friends through that. But it was all because, you know, I was willing to get out and you know 
go and do something I'd never done before up there and be around people that I didn't know and just be willing to do something different. Yeah, when you serve with people, it really, you know, develops a, a bond that's just unique right. uh, to anything else. But I think that's what one of the things that prevents people from developing community is they go into the community knowing they need it, but yet they they think they're different than the community. Mm-hmm. You know, um, I did this um, in recovery meetings um, for a long time. You know, I would look at everybody else and I'd go, I'm not like, they're not like me. When re- when the reality was they were exactly like me. <laughs> yeah, because if, you, if you're going into recovery with this consumer type attitude, like what can you give me? Yeah. Uh, chances are not going to be good for you. I'm just calling Same it like with it church, is. too. Yeah. You yeah. know, you got to figure out what is your niche to give back. And you may not want to dig a, uh, you know, a trench to put electrical down, but maybe it's going in to help clean up a kitchen mm-hmm. or, you know, whatever it is, setting up a Sunday school room or, you know, like for me in the beginning in AA groups, it was just picking up coffee in, in the ashtrays. I didn't drink coffee, but I still did it. I took out the trash when I got done and was, was I above taking out the trash? No. Right. I mean, it was about me just getting in and, and getting well, my, I was going to say hands dirty, but about getting my one hand dirty and, and going after it. Right. When are those ever going to end? They never end. Dude. They never end. It'll be 20 years from now. I'll still be hearing those well, you, same You know, jokes. it's been 15 years and I ain't done yet. <laughs> does your wife does does your wife know when they're coming? Like she can like, no, like no, a spidey sense when they're no, coming? No. Well, if there's anything with the opportunity with one in a hand, it's going to come out. Yeah. yeah. She's heard them all probably. Yeah. There's not very many I haven't heard. Other than I, had, I did have a pastor from our church one day call and I didn't answer the phone. I was just busy. And so I checked my voicemail. And he said, "How about taking your phone out of your out of your right pocket and, and put it in your left so you can answer me?" <laughs> and I was like, "Oh, that was so good! I've oh, never heard that man. one." <laughs> yeah. But yeah, I, I don't know. I, I just I, I, I do believe um, the point with community is very important, often overlooked because if we walk into groups with the idea of what we can get from it. It's really about us trying to do our own thing. And while I did say earlier, is it is about me. It's about me doing my own program. I've got to be willing to let other people in because it's those people who will inspire me, like I talked about earlier, who will pour into me, who will call me out yeah. you know, and, and make them hard, blunt conversations. Yeah, I didn't experience any of those until recovery when people just flat out said, look, you're going to go get drunk if you don't do something different. Right. And I didn't want to hear that. I'm like, that's not very inspiring. <laughs> but those are the real conversations because people loved me, was willing to do. If I just walk into a meeting and, and get what I can get and run out because now I know what I need to do, then um, I, I, I'm going to continue to keep myself blocked off from everybody else. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Uh, I was just sitting here thinking about the spiritual disciplines. I love this. I love to talk about the spiritual disciplines. It's, uh, I don't know. Well, why. they're important. I mean, yeah, that's yeah. really what the steps boil down to. Right. Yeah. And I mean, like somebody who is struggling exercising the spiritual disciplines, like praying, reading the Bible or whatever, to me, the key is community. Mm-hmm. You know, if you're struggling to read your Bible every day, the key is having people in your life who will ask you about it, having, having people that you, I mean, 
even getting together, hey, let's let's get together and 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 read the Bible. Let's get together and read through this. How about let's, this? You knew I was struggling with reading the Bible. No. What I've told no, I've told you that. And literally before we started this, you you read your Bible today, and I went no. So now I know I've got to go do that today. Yeah. I mean, so that's exactly what you're talking about. Yeah, but I mean, without without that community. I mean, I, I, that to me, that's the answer to a lot of a lot of spiritual growth happens because of community, because of holding each other accountable. Because um, I'm not going to hold myself accountable, really. It's just not. It's not in my nature. I'm going to let myself off in in you know most of the time with the, with with things like that, mm-hmm. and then I'll beat myself up and hold myself to too high of, of a standard on things that don't matter at all. <laughs> so. So, uh, what what would be some suggestions for someone who's struggling um, to find community right now? Um, you know, I guess maybe a better way of saying this, um, maybe not really stated as a question. We started this podcast um, really with no idea where it would go, and and now it's it's made it lots bigger than we had ever expected. Mm-hmm. Like, um, it's probably multiplied ten or a hundred times more than I ever thought it would. But we did start with this with this one thing that I know that we both agreed on is we, we didn't want this to turn into an online meeting. Right, Because no. you can't find community there, right, in my no. opinion. Yeah. And so, you know, if if, it's, if you're one of those people that just listen to us every Monday with a new episode and say that I'm in recovery, I'm not saying that won't work because I know people who's done things more outlandish than that. But I do believe that it's important to maybe use this as a tool in your recovery along with community in a group, in in a church group, in a recovery group, and allow more people into your life. Yeah. I I would say to somebody who knows they need a community, knows they need that accountability around them and encouragement around them to find a group and, and don't go into it skeptical. Don't go into it trying to find the things that are wrong with it you got to give it time and you got to stick your hand out you know um i went to a brand new meeting last night and went, right when i walked in the room hey my name's jason what's your name blah 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 and that and i'm i can i can be outgoing but i mean i'm i'm i pretty much lean towards introverted more and so that i have to make myself do that you know um i have to make myself put put the effort you know in to to try to get to know people right. and um and in the end it makes me feel more comfortable in there you know so you know don't don't look for all the differences and don't 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 be skeptical of it before you've even given it a chance you right. know you need to give it give it some time and, and put some effort into getting to know people in that community yeah and i would even say because not everybody I've just learned this more, especially like the Enneagram we've talked about on episodes and not everybody is like me. I, I don't really meet a stranger. If like, I, if I'm on the elevator with someone, you're talking to them, I'm talking yeah, to them. I, I find it rude yeah. to not talk to them. Whereas some people are exactly the opposite. Like they think that it's rude to start talking to that person. Hmm. And so if you're that type of person that you just do not like to talk to people, I think that maybe the best thing to do would be just simply Asking someone to go out to eat, maybe. Yeah. I mean, just you know, hey, you want to go out to eat, and with no agenda, or if someone asks you to go out to eat, just go. Yeah, I mean, yeah. you know, because it's easy to say no. I mean, usually right. that's a, a knee jerk reaction, say no, because it's it's more comfortable not to go. Yeah. 
And even for me, a guy who, who usually is out talking to people, it's easier for me to say no because I don't really know you. Um, the conversations will be awkward at the beginning. But the more you have a conversation, the more you get to know one another, and the more comfortable you become in those conversations. Yeah, and if you're really freaked out about going to a new group or a new community, bring a friend. You know, ask a friend, hey, I'll, I really need to go to this. You know, would you come with me? You right. know. I, th- I think that's totally reasonable, and it, and if and if they're a good friend, they'll do it. Right. So, well, man, I think that's um about as far as we can dive off into community today, anyway. Oh yeah. Um, and I'm sure there's many more facets that we haven't talked about, as with every episode with every we ever talk thing, about, yeah. you know. But um, you know, recovery is not a, a a one hit wonder where you just go in and you do twelve steps and you're done. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not you know. 30 podcast episodes or whatever and you're done. You, you don't get finished with it it's a lifelong thing and uh fortunately um i get to do this today and you get to do we this. get to do this yeah. together we that's how we started the episode off right yeah we do get to do it and um i i really enjoy doing it because when i first started i when i was in my very first aa meeting and we played bingo for the first time i was like this is is as good as it gets (laughs) wow (laughs) all downhill from here i'm like you bury me now lord please come (laughs) Uh, but man it's so much better today um yes i can play bingo today and it's it's all right i mean that ain't my thing but I can do that sober. I can remember that I lost or that I won. Right. And yeah. which is um, a miracle. It is. It is. And but the the other things that has came outside of that, the relationships that's that's formed today, I, I trust people again. Some some You're working on that. Yeah, I'm still yeah. working, but it's yeah. it's much better. Oh yeah. And so um I'm still a work in progress, I, I guess I'm trying to say, but um man, if I if I said you know, five years ago, that's all I wanted. I would have sold myself short oh, on yeah. it um, because God continues to keep blessing me. And I think that anyone who will give a sincere uh, chance in recovery and um, really pour themselves into it and be willing to break down some barriers in their life, they will come a long ways. Oh, yeah. So, all right, man. Well, that's another one in the books. Yes, sir. And I guess we'll sign out um, on this beautiful fall morning, and then we're going to go enjoy our days, although this won't air until night, so it's going to be awkward. But um, it doesn't really matter, right? Oh, well. Yeah. So They yeah. can enjoy the day at night. Yeah, that's or it. Or whatever. So. All right, man. I'm Roger. I'm Jason. And we're signing out. Thanks for listening to Soberholic with Roger and Jason. If you like the show and want to know more, check out SoberholicPodcast.com. Please remember to leave us a review on iTunes or wherever you listen to podcasts. See you next week, Soberholics.